0: Hello everybody. Welcome back to the cheese sticks in the center level. My name is Duncan Crowley. He's Austin Mancini. If you're a first time listener, welcome to the podcast. If you're a returning listener, well, welcome back. Glad to have you back for another episode. Today's episode is going to be a very quick one here. Just going to talk about the Phillies exciting uh, sweep of the Atlanta Braves over the weekend to start the season. Um, Talk about that a little bit and then I think do some quick hits on the uh, other three major sports teams in the city. But, um, Austin, let's just dump right to the Phillies. Like I said there in the intro, an exciting three game sweep of the Braves behind just an absolute dominating pitching performance, uh, from the start from everybody, but really from the starting rotation there. Um, I mean, you combined between Aaron Noah on Thursday, Zach Wheeler on Saturday and Zach Eflin on um, Sunday, there was really only two pitches the entire series that you could say were bad pitches from uh, the Phillies starting pitchers. Yeah. And that was, that
1: was the biggest thing I noticed from the starting pitching as well was, I mean, even, you know, when I was watching yesterday, Eflin and he, you could just tell Eflin wanted that pitch back It was a a high hanging curveball, and the dude just unloaded on it. But as a whole, I mean, when Zach Eflin is in the seventh inning, I think he had sixty-five pitches or something, seventy pitches in the seventh inning. That's fantastic, yeah. That's fantastic. So, yeah, and but especially, you know, your biggest question mark out of the three, your starting three, was Eflin, and. That was the most encouraging thing you probably could have gotten from him.
0: Absolutely, I mean, ending the season, we knew what Noah was. We are expecting Noah to be a Cy Young contender. Maybe if he's not a contender, he's still a top ten pitcher in the league most years. Uh, Zach Wheeler, we know what his like floor is, and his ceiling can range throughout the season. But Eflin it was could he build off a really good 2020 and take another step forward this season and Sunday was just such a great way for him to do that. It looked like he truly was just taking that next step forward after posting a career best year in an albeit an albeit short in season but a, a in last season in 2020.
1: Yeah and and my biggest thing like just as a whole coming from this specific series was I was expecting it to be like packed or like jam packed in offense. Yeah. You know, like especially yeah. sh- straight out of spring training, you would think the p- the pitchers would need even just a little more time and they might like, uh, like I was fully expecting Nolan and them to get rocked a little bit and they didn't. Neither, I mean, both even both sides. You know, the Braves 3 runs, 4 runs, 2 runs. That's not a crazy amount of runs. Yeah. So, I mean, just as a whole, I was honestly shocked that just the the pitching was very good to especially start the year from both ends.
0: Absolutely. And if uh, our listeners can hear my dog barking in the background, I apologize. Um, not sure what's gone into Missy down there, but I'll check it out. Who doesn't um, love the dog I'll, content though, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'll post a, a picture of Missy. On, on Twitter tomorrow to go with this episode um but yeah absolutely the bats for both sides this weekend were very quiet I mean uh, on Saturday it was three four three um Sunday was a four nothing win and yesterday was two one uh so yeah the bats are very quiet and and I was also expecting kind of a much more Offensive heavy uh, series. I mean, you look back at the last time these two teams faced each other to start the season in 2019. Uh, the Phillies won an opening day, ten four. Won the second game, eight six, and won the third game, five one. Um, now that being said, I have heard a lot of people. I have heard a lot of people say, um, "Yeah, it's great the Phillies swept the Braves to start this season, but they did so back in 2019, and it ended up, you know."
1: not yeah. going anywhere. They they, <laughs> yeah.
0: they fizzled out at them towards the middle part of the season and the rest is history. Um, that being said, I feel so much more confident with this one, be, this series, because in 2019, it was because the offense was alive. I mean, they mm-hmm. gave up – Philly's pitching that series gave up 11 runs through three games, which isn't terrible, but 10 of those runs came in the first two games of this series – for me, it's a lot easier to win games if your bats aren't there early and your pitching is, than to try to have your bats catch up catch up to the opposing team's offense if your pitching isn't there. The fact that the Phillies' top three starters this weekend went out there and absolutely dominated—I mean, looking at the stats, they allowed a combined, but they allowed a combined three earned runs. Two. Two, of them, all three of those earned runs coming on two home runs, mm-hmm. giving up a combined eleven hits, just one walk, amongst the starters. Yeah, and twenty-four strikeouts.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the other the other thing too is not even just the starters. I mean, like you said, twenty nineteen. Yeah, we beat we beat them in the opening series, but this bullpen is a lot better than 2019. You know, this offense as a whole should be better than 2019. Like there are things that are, and to me, I said, I think to my dad, this is one of those series. And I know it's very, very early. It's literally the first series of the season, but you're going to look, you could look back in August and go, that was a big sweep.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, not only will this, could be huge in the standings, 113, 120 games down the road, but, I mean, this is just huge for momentum just to start the season. I mean, you sweep the Braves to start the season. That means heading into tonight's game. And we're praising the pitching right now, and we haven't even gotten to the bullpen from this weekend. And all that can go out the door depending on tonight's game against the Mets because we're recording this at um, about half an hour before first pitch. But you sweep the Braves. You got a three-game lead on the Braves. If you could take two out of three from the Mets here, get out to a 5-1 start, you got a game. You got – I'm not – let's not even include the Mets or Nationals because they got their first series Yeah. Um, canceled. Well, Mets of, yeah. Well, the Mets yeah. is
1: basically their – this is their first this, series. So This is their
0: season opener tonight. And the Nationals open their season tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday, against the Braves. Um, But even if the Braves take two of three from the Nationals, the Phillies take two of three from the Mets. I mean – Yeah, that's a huge cushion. You're you're still up three games heading into this weekend where you're facing the Braves again. And, I mean, you take two of three from them this weekend in Atlanta – and as long as you win two of three and you know, it all evens out, right. you're still three games up going to the weekend. You could be up five games possibly or six on the Braves by the end of next weekend, which I know it's so early in the season. I forget what team it was a couple of years ago, but one of them got out to a like a mm-hmm. fifteen and three start and then crumbled. just yeah crumbled and it didn't matter. Well, and look at what the Nationals did uh two years ago. Yeah,
1: when the they, the they t- started they, they did the opposite. Yeah.
0: Yeah, start as one of the worst teams in baseball. And then from June on, they were legitimately one of the best teams in baseball, and they rode that all the way to the World Series. No, yeah, I mean, I don't want to overreact to this three-game series. But if the Phillies are the team that we thought they were coming to the season, you and me both thought they were going to be a borderline playoff team, fight for that number two spot in the division. I still think that. I I still think the Braves long-term over the course of the Mm -hmm. season are the better, deeper team. And that lineup that the Braves have is going to come alive sooner than later. And it, when it does, it's going to present a lot of problems. But if the Phillies continue on that pace that we think they could be this year, th- this is a huge, huge series that, yeah, uh, a lot, there's 159 games between now and the end of the season. But you can't win a pennant in, in April, but you could sure as well lose a pennant in April. Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, I just,
1: I think this was not necessarily a tone setter, but it it was just a like you said very encouraging, uh, start, especially with, Eflin, and I mean Zach Wheeler, my God, you know Zach Wheeler could have if this was any later in the season they might have let him go complete game, but like I said with yeah. it being so early in the season they just don't want to they probably didn't want to risk it, so yeah. That helps. And then, I mean, you look at a guy like Archie Bradley, you know, you were speaking about the bullpen real quick. I mean, he came in in what, two, either two
0: of the games? Yeah, two of the games. And
1: he locked it down.
0: Yeah, he uh, he didn't allow a hit uh, over those. Uh, it was one and one third innings pitch over the weekend. Uh, he had only one walk and just one strikeout, but he looked really good as uh, he looked, he had good movement, he had good velocity. Um, Connor Brogdon looked good. He picked up the win on opening day and that was, i that was a big situation for Brogdon mm-hmm. to come into. You're, you're entering the game in the top of the 10th inning with a runner already on second base. And as a, he, he was a rookie last year, but as a second year pitcher, I mean, that's a lot of yeah. pressure. I know it's only opening day, but you, you combine the nerves of your first out in the season. There's a runner already in scoring position. You need to get three outs. I mean, it was a terrific performance out of him there, and then uh, Hector Neres, uh has already locked he's in, down. He's
1: in, dude, he's in fo- he's in mid season form. Yeah, he's
0: locked down one <laughs> save already. He's pitching all three games. He, he's not going to pitch tonight, um, but uh, and let me let me go find this stat because it he is does. an incredible stat. Hector um,
1: Neers does like to keep things interesting, though. I don't he know does. if you've noticed that. Like, he he likes to get a guy on base and make you think, maybe there's a chance that they're going to – and then next thing you know, it's like a pop-up, strikeout, pop-up. And you're like, seriously, dude? <laughs> like,
0: play, don't put that guy I, I on. Mean, yeah, he, he'll keep it interesting. But this is what I'm amazed by. Um, and this is courtesy of Destiny Legardo over at Phillies Nation. Um. Hector Neris has thrown 27 consecutive innings without giving up a home run. That streak dates back to September 18th of 2019. That's – I know, again, last year was a short season. I, I don't even want to almost count the stats from last year. But that that's impressive yeah. that he has not given up a home run in 27 innings. Now, this means next time he goes out there, he's going to blow a save. Yeah,
1: tonight, and- tonight's the night he just gets – Obliterated. Thanks, Dylan.
0: Yeah. But uh, Naris has looked good. And the guy that is going to be the roller coaster of this bullpen um, is Jose Alvarado. Thursday makes his Phillies regular season debut. And that was a roller coaster. I mean, he loads the bases, he, he was wild as hell. But at the same time, he showed you the stuff that makes him a potential elite reliever. It's just about can he consistently put it together. I mean, two games, two innings pitched. Yeah, he's allowed one walk, one hit, one hit by pitch, all that on Thursday. But he also has five strikeouts. You know who he kind of reminds
1: me of? Who? A prime Phillies player, Antonio Bastardo. Oh, well, I haven't heard that name
0: uh, in a long time.
1: But Bastardo but did the same thing. You know, like he was a he was a hard-throwing pitcher, but there were just times Lucky. that we, yeah, where he where he just like his command just wasn't there. And and that's what it seems like we're going to get out of uh Alvarado, you
0: know. Yeah, he also um to a point reminds me of uh Sir Anthony as well. Yeah. Dude, I can't believe what happened with Sir Na- Sir Anthony. By the way, uh, the fa- yeah, he, I it, he's gonna miss almost what three full seasons mm-hmm. now. It's absolutely ridiculous, but yeah, but I mean, the the starting pitching it got it gets an A plus for me for this for this weekend. Mm-hmm. The, the bullpen, I mean, it it had to be an A at least. It's weird, I, like, even though they looked so good the first two games and. Uh, head into Sunday's game yeah, throughout the entire weekend. I still was nervous. Anytime there was a reliever on the mound. Yeah.
1: I, I got the same kind of feeling, but it was for me, it was more so like you said, Alvarado and it was naris for me. I feel like I yeah, get naris uh, Neres gives me
0: nerves all the time. All the time. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I do get nervous in and, uh, it's also worth noting because, I mean, as good as the pitching was, the Phillies' pitching did get lucky a few times in the series with really hard-hit balls that just they didn't travel because of the cool air. Um, come May, June, July, August, September, those balls are going to be 10, 15 rows deep. But um, the same thing can be said about the Braves' pitching. The Phillies had some pretty hard-hit balls <laughs> – Throughout the series, um, oh, you're bringing up my my bet, Dylan. How dare you? That didn't end up getting out of it. I know. I think you had a Bryce Harper home run on opening day, which got knocked down the wall. It would have won, uh, won me three hundred
1: dollars. Would have won me three hundred dollars.
0: But um, let's tra- let's segue this to the uh, at the plate. Yeah. So the the Phillies offense this weekend. Not bad. I wouldn't say wasn't bad. wasn't great. They hit 260 as a team over the weekend, going 25 for 96. Uh, 25 for. Let me see here. 96. Yeah, 25 for 96. Um, only one home run over the weekend coming from Andrew Knapp. Probably one of the guys I would have least <laughs> likely considered to be the Philly's first home run of the season. But um, he is. So. That's, <laughs> I mean, if I said oh, on Twitter, man. if if Andrew Knapp actually found something last year and he's able to carry that over into this season, that's going to be huge for the Phillies because that means you can give JT some more time off. He, I want JT back there as many games as possible, but if you can give him thirty games off over the course of the season, that's that's going to be well worth it, um, especially if. Andrew Knapp, he's not going to obviously give you what JT is going to give you, but if he can give you even a fraction of it, that would be great.
1: Are uh, you ready um, to declare Andrew Knapp best catcher in baseball?
0: Best backup catcher in baseball? Absolutely. Best no, catcher in baseball? Uh, not yet. Um, <laughs> maybe soon. Uh, I mean, if he continues hitting at the rate he hit last year, he has an argument for being one of the better backup catchers sure. in baseball. And I think he, I think he's in a contract year. So I mean, the better he plays, the the, um, the higher his price is going to go. And he may end up somewhere next year where he could be a starter, not on a win, not on a contending team. But um, but they also have uh, Marchand down in the minors. I think just waiting for when that hits for agency too. So, uh, but that's that's such a long ways away from now. But the hidden. They got it done this weekend Mm -hmm. without making hard contact all the time. A lot of their hits this weekend and big hits were soft contact bloopers.
1: That was my biggest thing I noticed was, like you said, was just they were just getting on base. They were getting, you know, like hits as a whole. And I know a lot of the MLB nowadays is home runs, doubles, you know. But, I mean, look at prime example. Alec boom, uh, yesterday. Man on second and third. What does he do? He punches it right up the middle. Yeah, I mean that's that's the easiest
0: way to score a run. Yeah, and if you remember in our season preview, I said out of all the Phillies hitters, knowing that there's Harper and um, Ramuto and all and Didi. If there's any guy I would one up in a bases loaded situation, two outs, you need a hit to tie the game in the bottom of the ninth. I want Alec Boehm at the plate because his hitting, his his IQ at the plate and hitting philosophy. And there's a word I can't even remember right now. (laughs) Uh, But basically his IQ at the plate, his philosophy at the plate, um, his ability to hit with two strikes is just phenomenal for a guy his age. I mean, uh, he's twenty-four. So, how old are you now? Are you twenty-four yet? Uh, no. Unfortunately, I am twenty-three. You're twenty-three. Yeah. I'm still twenty-three <laughs> a for another couple month. months. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy who's basically our age, and I mean, just ridiculous uh, plate uh, presence, discipline. IQ, discipline. Whatever you want to call it, there's a word I'm thinking of, but I can't think of. I I legitimately can't think of it right now. But he's just fantastic at the plate all around, and uh, is truly um, remarkable for his age. And he's going to be really good for a long time. I know he's only uh, hitting; he only got two hits in this first series, but he's going to be fine. Um, JT was the definition of a professional hitter. This weekend, he went four for nine at the plate. Yeah, didn't have a lot of hard contact. He had a couple just C&I singles Mm -hmm. um, through the small gaps. And uh, I think one or two that may have even been infield hits. But you'll take it because, yes, they're getting luck. They got lucky in this series at the plate. But once this lineup starts waking up and the bats start waking up and the, the air heats up, this is going to be a dangerous lineup. And if the pitching can... I don't think the pitching is going to stay as strong as it was this weekend because that's nearly impossible. But even if the pitching can be half of what it was this weekend, yeah, th- this team is going to compete with any team that they face and it is going to be in this race for the entire season. Because I think this lineup is just too deep. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch. Well, and even... And, and th- even, even uh, Reese had a big hit. I believe he drove two runs in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was I was impressed with Reese this weekend. I mean, Reese has struggled at times in the past um, just putting balls in play when he needs to. I mean, he, he only went three for 13. But his two of those three hits were huge hits that mm-hmm. helped the Phillies tie the game and I think may have put them ahead in the one game as well. So just... I liked what I saw out of him. I, I, am not expecting him to be a 270 hitter, no. but if he can deliver clutch hits, deliver some power, uh, I'm fine with what they're getting What they get out of Reese, there, yeah, and and
1: because of that, he might get shifted around the lineup a lot. You know, like yep. you might you might want either JT or Segura or DD just at the two because, I mean, as much as he walks you, you kind of want him to drive play a little more. Yeah, absolutely. But I, but like you said, he had a couple key hits this weekend, and it was encouraging to see. And hopefully hopefully, he strings it into just, in general, getting on base, you know, punching it up the middle or, you know, little singles here and there.
0: Yeah, and, and the two other things I want to hit on uh, before we move on from the Phillies so. – at least the two last things. Uh, well, one of them is we talk about Zach Wheeler pitching, but Zach Wheeler at the plate oh on Saturday. Goodness. What? How about that? Talking about doing it yourself. The only thing he could have done better was if he pulled an Atani and oh hit a ball four hundred fifty feet. Did you see that I that did. home run by Atani? That did. was and
1: then and then he got hurt. What? Two innings later.
0: Yeah, that was about. Uh, 50, about an hour after I tweeted, if he can stay healthy, good news uh, is that I think it was just more of a he got cleated. and, but at the same point, uh, they're probably going to take him out there too because he was uh, laboring through that last uh, couple batters he was facing last night. But uh, yeah, Wheeler at the plate on Saturday, two RBIs, two for three at the plate. I mean, that was his inner Cliff Lee right there. Uh, uh, remarkable, and uh, I mean he he basically. The Phillies didn't need any offense outside Zach Wheeler to win that game Saturday. So uh I don't know about you, but Zach Wheeler's my star of the weekend for the Phillies. But um Yeah, I mean Roman either
1: Zach Zach Wheeler good. or um the bullpen in general. Yeah, just the bullpen in general. I was kinda I was trying to think of someone, maybe JT or or Alec Boom, you know, one of those two, but probably the
0: bullpen slash, or just pitching in general. Sure. And the other thing I want to talk about is um and you, you may have caught on, I was about to say Roman Quinn, but I'll actually rephrase it, is the the defense this Dude, that series. was a fantastic ball he threw to JT. Yeah, I mean like if I'm nitpicking, yeah he th- <laughs> it wasn't that long of a throw and had to hop once but for Roman Quinn, that was a pretty damn good throw. It was right on the line, hop or not, and I don't care if it takes one hop, two hops, as long as it's on the line. That's all that matters to me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a perfect throw. What a huge throw! And that's why also you pay JT all that money for being the best catcher in baseball. In baseball, I mean, he. I, I don't want to hear anything about blocking the play. That was that was textbook by Roman Quinn and Real Muto. That that ball took Real Muto right into the. Uh, into the line of the runner and at that point you it is what it is you there is no blocking the play at that point the that's yeah. where the ball and that's t-
1: that's key um, is that he wasn't blocking the plate you know
0: yeah and then dd this weekend made two web gems i mean on thursday that over the shoulder basket catch is one of the best catches you may see all season i know it's not a robin the home run type play but that was a he went a long distance, and that was a really hard play to make. And then on, well, you had Alec Boom. Yeah, Alec Bohm too made that uh, Thank God he's six five. He was
1: that was the first thing I was thinking was if he is if he is Gene Segura that is not caught. That's not even close to caught. If he's uh, Jimmy Rollins, that's not caught. You know, if he's Pedro Feliz, that's not caught. Literally a 6'5 dude who's fully stretched out, and that was a key play. I believe they're runners on base too. Yeah. So No, yeah, that, if
0: if that ball got past Baum, it would have scored two runs and the Braves would have taken the lead, and they may have won that game. Um, so, yeah, that was a huge play by Baum. And then DD also had a, a nice jumping catch. I can't. I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday, but Didi had two web gems this weekend. Um, Bohm had that play over there at third. Boehm overall at third I thought looked good this weekend. I mean, I'd like, I'd like to see a little bit of a better uh, throw out of him uh, because he he does have a tendency to get that ball just over there and it's ending up in the dirt, which, I mean, is fine occasionally, but sooner or later you're going to get hurt on one of those. Um in terms of an error occurring. Uh, but yeah, I thought the fielding was a, a huge, a huge uh, thing to take away from this weekend. Cause last year uh, the defense of the Phillies was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. The one,
1: the one thing is just, he's got to work on, you know, those accurate throws across the uh, yeah. Reese, but. I mean, it was very, very encouraging, especially like you said, these these plays he's been making, and and that was his biggest flaw coming into the season was um, was you know he's got to improve the defense, and I know it's I know it's one series, but I mean it was encouraging to see. Say the league.
0: absolutely, absolutely. And now, not we won't get too much into this Mets series because uh, we're recording it before even game one, and uh, it's not worth really dissecting every single series because, I mean, it's a 162-game season, unless maybe in August and September we'll start doing that. But, um, yeah, just overall this weekend, I mean, the Phillies here on Monday, by the time this goes up, the game will be over, but they're facing Jacob deGrom tonight. <laughs> That's a tough matchup, especially uh. throwing Matt Moore out there. That it's. I'm expecting that. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost. I uh, I did place a bet on them to actually win because the match were, like I think, a minus – 230 favor which is pretty high for baseball um but what i'm looking for tonight is just how matt moore does um and what the possible fifth and sixth inning out of the bullpen look like i think if you get four and and two-thirds or five innings out of uh matt moore tonight that'll be ideal and then chase anderson tomorrow get five innings out of him because uh, while I think the bullpen is improving last year, I think the Phillies pitchers this year are going to have to regularly go at least five innings. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes even six, I- I'm confident that you could get that out of Nova and Wheeler. Uh, and you could even say Eflin most nights, but, uh, the, these fourth and fifth spots may decide the Phillies ultimate destiny this season. And, um, could decide a lot here early on. Yeah. My, my
1: biggest thing going into this um, series is just, I'd like to see if maybe they can get one of those games where, you know, they score like five or six runs. Yeah. No, like just kind of a punch him in the, punch him in the mouth kind of thing and get on them early. I know this is their first game. So maybe, maybe the still, you know, he's not, he hasn't played a full game, so maybe when when the um when he gets to like the fifth or sixth inning, maybe they can start attacking him then.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting uh to see how the Phillies attacked ground tonight and how they attacked uh Strowman tomorrow as well. Um the Mets the Mets ballpen is probably the weaker part, the weakest part of their team this season. So if they could get to that ballpen, that'd be huge for them. Uh, we they didn't they didn't take a huge advantage again to Atlanta's bullpen this weekend, but um, yeah, we'll see everything that happens. Uh, interested to see how Warren Anderson pitch uh tonight and on Tuesday night. Um, I think that wraps up the Phillies here for this episode. Uh, let's let's do some quick hits on the next three teams. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the Eagles. My only thought on the Eagles really is uh the trade today that sent. Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers that could mess with the Philly and not the Phillies, the Eagles and uh, where, who they may land in the draft. A lot of people thought the Panthers were going to be in the market for a quarterback there at number eight. Now they're not going to be, are they going to trade down? Uh, are they going to take somebody there at eight? I mean um, if they don't go, if they don't, if they stay at eight, I think they're likely to take a receiver. If or pitch, if he's still there, that's
1: who I um, was thinking. Was I was trying to think of who was on this Carolina team, they don't need a running back. I mean, you just traded for Darnold, and honestly, Darnold's I to me just a better version of Teddy Bridgewater, he's more mobile. Um, I think he's better at arm strength, but then you have DJ Moore, um, Robbie Anderson, right? Yeah, so that, I mean, he a,
0: and he has McCaffrey back, yeah. Then.
1: And so, it's a,
0: it's a nice landing spot for Donald. Yeah.
1: So I think Kyle Pitts, and he's got nothing to lose, you know, it, like if he stinks, then they're just going to either trade for a better quarterback or sign one in the offseason. It's not that big of a deal. Or Yeah. Or draft. Yeah. Him. They yeah, didn't give up much the, for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, the second round pick is really the, the thing that I pick have the most problem with. I mean, I think they probably give who knows, but, um, yeah, I, I like the spot for Donald a lot, actually. He's going to have a lot of weapons. He's going to have a good head coach there. It's it's not a great team he's going to, but it, it's a team that has a lot of potential. And, yeah, Kyle Pitts is somebody who can land in Carolina, if not one of the receivers. Ultimately, uh, with Kyle Pitts, I think the wild card right now is what Atlanta does because Atlanta doesn't go for a quarterback. I think that's where Kyle Pitts lands.
1: Yeah, I mean, who's their tight end? In Car- in Carolina, do you know? Off the, is it ish? No, because uh, er- I can't think. Of, no, Irv Smith, I think is uh, the Vikings. But that's my point. That is exactly uh, like I,
0: I I should know. It. He was on my freaking <laughs> roster.
1: How dare you? Dread? Why? If his name's not Greg Olson, why would you? But um, because. You, you. I'm going to find this out. You keep talking. I mean, just as a whole, I think either pitch would make a lot of sense, but I don't – I mean, we, you know, we're not Panthers fans, but
0: – Ian Thomas.
1: Ian Thomas. Okay. I mean, wouldn't you rather have Kyle Pitts?
0: Absolutely. I mean, you can't <laughs> – I would absolutely rather
1: have Kyle Pitts. Right.
0: Kyle Pitts is, is a potential Hall of Fame talent. No, okay. I mean you. You see all those people, the analysts saying, if you had to pick one guy who could be a Hall of Famer, who are they saying it? It's Kyle Pitts. Yeah, um, which sucks for the Eagles. But what, what, let's, I just we're not know. getting Kyle Pitts. Yeah,
1: this, so. I just I just don't know what they're gonna um like what they have defensively. So it wouldn't shock me, you know? but it probably if they go best player available and Kyle Pitts is sitting there, it'd be almost hard for them to not take him. So.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's that takes the Eagles. Uh, Nothing. The, the birds haven't really done anything. I saw they received an F grade for their free agency, but they've barely done anything. So, um, what else was there? There was oh, Flyers. Uh, they still suck. That they do. But Carter looked better. Yeah, he did, and and
1: even just his uh, demeanor looked just more promising than anything and i know demeanor does not win games you know like that's oh well they're still losing i get that but i mean compared to where he was like the the kid was just
0: eating himself alive at one point so he was he was and i'm glad they gave him that week off i was calling for it um so and he looked more comfortable in net he did and and the other thing is, can you believe that they're only four points behind the Bruins oh, right now?
1: And they're playing the Bruins tonight, by the way. Who have
0: no goalies. <laughs> Neither I, do we oh. right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It, empty. I, First I, I see one them making 10? this. They're going to make this thing real interesting, and they're going to break our hearts. Empty, empty net. Play to 10. That's us, how they should do this. They're going to pull us just enough back into it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the season, it's gonna go all the way. Um, yeah, Sixers. Um, I th- they got screwed with that scheduling.
1: I mean, so did the Flyers. If you think about it, the Flyers got screwed. Yeah. I mean, they played what? It was seven games in eight days or something like. Obviously, um, they don't. Obviously, they don't really care. Yeah. You know, NBA no, NHL yeah. don't care. Good news, Tobias Harris. Yeah. Uh, Tobias Harris looked good last night. Thirty some points, right?
0: Yeah. Um, also, I, I since I said I would, uh, I have some uh, a shout out to give my my girlfriend Brooke passed uh, a a test today, which. Uh, Can't think of the word, but uh, it guaranteed her a a job. She had a job offer, just had to pass this test to uh, officially get it, and she passed the test. So there you go, congratulations on your first teaching job. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, But um, um, back to the Sixers. Um, But uh, yeah, the Sixers they they got screwed with the uh, the scheduling here, but I'm I'm not upset with losing to Memphis. Uh, Memphis is uh, is a borderline playoff team. They didn't have Embiid. Um, it was the end of a what? Ten games in twelve days. Yeah, and Embiid
1: was missing for was how many thing? of
0: them? Yeah, exactly. I think they'll be fine. I, it ultimately, I still think it's going to come down to whether or not uh, they have. Uh, sorry, it's going to come down to them and the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. There's no if ands or buts in my mind about that. So at, at this point, it's just keep everybody healthy to get to the playoffs and then when you get to the playoffs don't just play the basketball you know how to play so we can get into the, all the way to the Eastern Conference finals and then we'll see who wins between us and the nets i think they could do it but it's it's still a big question yeah i mean my biggest thing though like look at look at what
1: the nets just did they lost to the bulls like yeah. like that's a weak that is a weak loss.
0: Oh, the, the Nets have weaker losses than the Sixers, no doubt about it.
1: And that's why, like, I'm not too worried. They almost lost to the Pistons, uh, one thirteen to one eleven, uh, on March 26. But just as a whole, like, we're we've been playing a week and a half without Joel, and I know they don't have KD, but they still have Kyrie and uh, James Harden.
0: Yeah, yeah, I exactly. I mean. There's no doubt about it. The Nets are maybe the most talented team in the league, but they have some serious flaws. And I, do. When do the Sixers play the Nets again? They play the Nets.
1: Oh my! We don't play the Nets for Wednesday, okay. a- Wednesday, April fourteenth. Oh. oh okay. I was going quick. We'll, uh. we'll
0: see. We'll see that that that's going to be a you watch. That's going to be a big comes, game. That's
1: the game KD comes back for. Just you watch.
0: You know what? I'm fine with that. I want the Nets at full strength. Give me the Nets at full strength. Cause that would give us a really good indication of what this team can do against the Nets come playoff series. Fine. But sure. Why not? I, I have I have no worries about the Sixers. They get the no. Celtics Tuesday mm-hmm. night. They should be the Celtics. They got the Pelicans thunder and the Mavericks uh, all before they play the Nets next Wednesday. Um, at the least, they should go three and one here. But I, I think really they should go four and zero if you get if you haven't beat all four games. Which well, there's o- one other Friday and si- Friday Saturday are back to back.
1: There's one other issue. What all of a sudden Ben Simmons doesn't remember how to play
0: basketball again? Well, that this this tends to happen every few weeks. So yeah, no like weeks, if but you if months.
1: you especially if you're eyeing up the Nets game, you know, like you you need him. To figure this out
0: yes yes you do absolutely you absolutely do um and hopefully he needs to figure out the next four games i mean still got quite a bit till the end of the regular season may 16th so a month and 11 days from now so still quite a bit to go but um this this is about this time of the season where I, i would like to see the sixers buckle down um no no bs type stuff out there and really start showing how dominant they can be Um, because you don't want to be lackadaisical going into the playoffs because being lackadaisical creates bad habits, bad habits creates losing teams. Yep. Uh, Any
1: other thoughts or should we wrap this up? No, I think, I think that's it. I just, you know, Ben, once again, Ben Simmons, you know, that's my biggest where he is Ben Simmons for some reason gets in these funks where he forgets how to play. And, and then he
0: does. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating as hell,
1: but sooner or later, next thing, you know, magically he's going to remember again, he's going to be angry and, and he's going to go for 15, nine and, and
0: uh, eight or something. And we're going to go, Oh, he's back. So it's, it's just like uh, every other team in Philadelphia. Well, not, I know he's not a team, but it's like every other sports team in Philadelphia, they make us uh, annoyed. We hate them for a couple days. Um, not hate them. We don't hate Ben. Uh, they annoy us, frustrate us, and then they bring us back in, mm-hmm. just to go back to their usual self. Oh, uh, but with that, thank you everybody for listening to another episode of the G6 in the 700 Level podcast. My name is Don Count Curley. He's Austin Mancini. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at in the 700 Level. Like us on Facebook at in the 700. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast or whatever you listen to us on. Leave a review if you can, especially on Apple, so you can spread the word about our podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys uh, real real soon.